Welcome to CPF Firewire, a podcast from California professional firefighters where we discuss a wide range of issues affecting firefighters, our unions, our families, and the communities we serve. Hello and welcome to another edition of the CPF Firewire. I'm Brian Rice, president of the California Professional Firefighters, and glad to welcome you here today. And as I sit here to record this podcast episode, California and the nation are coming to the end of a year like no other. Uh, The world continues to endure a pandemic that in California has claimed as many as 200 people a day at its height. The pandemic has generated an economic crisis that has put millions out of work. We've also experienced the largest single outbreak of catastrophic wildfires in the state's history with millions of acres burned. And the man responsible for guiding California through these multiple crises is our governor, Gavin Newsom. Last year at this time, the governor and I sat down in the old governor's mansion to talk about his first year in office. And today on the Firewire, we again welcome back Governor Gavin Newsom via Zoom to address the members of the California Professional Firefighters. Number one, thank you so much for joining us. Um, It's Christmas week. It's a big week. And things have been crazy for you in California. And just to take a few minutes out, um, you did this last year. Thank you so much. You made a Senate appointment. How is that? Yeah, I mean, not an easy decision, right? Because you, you invariably end up upsetting a lot of folks you respect, like, admire, worked with for years and years. But but clearly, I, I'm very proud of the pick because I'm very uh, honored to have selected Alex Padilla, who I've known for years and years and years. And, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. What a story, right? He's this young man, you know, born of two parents that came from Mexico and one was a line cook and yeah. um, mom was a, was a housekeeper. And, uh, and here he is a U.S. Senator, the first Latino U.S. Senator in California history. And I think he just did a magnificent job as secretary of state during these very challenging, this particularly challenging year. Uh, but he's done it over the course of many, many years in his roles as president of the LA city council, obviously uh, as a state Senator, been a big supporter of, you and your members and uh, and and labor broadly, but also but primarily first responders and, and firefighters. So I hope we, we did justice and, and make you guys proud as well. Oh, you know, what's interesting, Governor, is that um, Alex Padilla, soon to be Senator Alex Padilla, that is a Californian story. Yeah. His life story is a California story. I'm, I'm so happy for him, number one, just getting to know him and what kind of a person he is. You couldn't have made you know, you got a lot of talented folks and a lot of people pressing on you. And, and I would say you made one hell of a, um, a good decision. No, I appreciate it, Brian. I think what, what, what distinguishes Alex is there's a steadiness. There's a firmness. He knows who he is uh, and he knows what he's not. He's a person of character. He's honorable. Uh, he works with the other side. He listens to people uh, that he disagrees with. And I think at this time, his tone, his tenor, not just his character and his his qualifications, you know, in terms of just intellect, MIT graduate, you know, my gosh. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, no. Oh, he, wow. He's one of those I, sort of engineering minds. I did uh, not know that. Wow. Yeah. But it's, I just think, I think he, he, he fits the moment, but you're right. I think he is emblematic of this journey. And that is this dream, this California dream and journey so many of us are on. I want to ask you just a couple of things, because as you think about it, everybody can Monday morning quarterback anything. But quite frankly, you know, you're making decisions and your team's making decisions um, 
that literally are life and death for up to 38 million Californians. And, and I know that's been tough. You know, a year into this, how are, how are you how are you doing to it? You're you're still you're a human being. Those are pretty weighty decisions. How are you doing with it? No, I, well, I appreciate it. I mean, who the hell would have thought, right, when we were sitting down at the governor's mansion in that old room? Remember, we were together where, uh, where Pat Brown, uh, yes. you know, was asked by JFK for his endorsement for presidency. It was a, it's a special room in the governor's mansion where we sat down for that podcast a year ago that we have experienced what we've all experienced this year, not just in terms of COVID. And I know we'll talk about the wildfires and social uh, justice issues and a pandemic-induced recession. I mean, so much is stacked on top of each other. But one of the things I hope folks see and, and I hope people uh, appreciate on some level, at least, is we've tried to stay above the political fray. I tried not to take cheap shots, tried to work with this administration. You know, I was just on the phone with Vice President Pence. We didn't know each other and we were having an interesting conversation about just getting to know each other. And I, I complimented him. And I just thanked him as well. I, you know, he's always been responsive. He's helping us right now with some uh, with DMAT teams down in Imperial County that are, were desperate in need. We played no politics in terms of this pandemic, in terms of our emergency response. Uh, the Trump administration in every single instance throughout this pandemic was there when we needed them the most. They just were. You know, I'm a Democrat. I'm a proud Democrat. Obviously, you know, I'm protested 24-7. It's a recall effort with people that are pro-Trump trying to take me out. But that doesn't diminish my respect for uh, folks that are just trying to do their best. And, and, you know, I really think during this difficult time, all of us need to just submit to a little humility, uh, you know, a little less clenched fist, a little bit of an open heart and appreciation uh, of the challenging time we're all experiencing in every level of government, and personally, not just professionally. And, um, you know, this has been a challenging time and, uh, and we, need, uh, we need each other. Yes. You no know, Democrats, Republicans, or, you know, there's Californians, as you say, 38 plus million strong, 350 million Americans that need each other. Uh, and that's the spirit we brought into this pandemic. We're going to bring into the vaccine. We're going to bring into the new administration, the Biden-Harris administration. We're bringing into the address the issue of, of wildfires and climate change and emergency support and response. Um, just no room yeah. for more partisanship, more cheap shots. That's my humble opinion. I wanted to ask you, because you, like you said, you spoke to the vice president yesterday and and, and you have a working relationship with the president of the United States. And, and how has that been? And when you call, how do you, when you call, do you, do you get them? Brian, it's surreal. I mean, I, 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 there were weeks where there wasn't a week where we didn't jump on the phone together. And there was never a phone call that I made that we waited more than five minutes. I mean, he was literally uh, wow. one moment, sir. And then we're sorry, sir. I said, what do you mean? Sorry. You just, I'm I barely been on the phone for 10 seconds. He'll be off the, the line in a moment. So every, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. And by the way, this doesn't serve my politics to say this. I, in fact, just the opposite, right? My, right. my politics, folks got upset with me during this, the wildfires and, and the pandemic. Why are you saying nice things about them? Why, why are you, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I was raised, you call balls and strikes, man. Yep. You know what? If someone does something right, you, you acknowledge it. Uh, yeah. And, and if, if, you know, if you feel like they did something wrong, you don't take a cheap shot, but you try to work through it. And, and if you need to express yourself, particularly, you know, and I've done that, I've, I've defended the values of the state and our diversity and, you know, labor broadly. You know, when folks are coming after unions, coming after our diverse communities, uh, you know, coming after our values, I'll, I'll defend that. 
But but at the same time, you you know, I I can't say enough about how with every single one of the emergency declarations, with all the resources we requested uh, from FEMA on down to the discretionary decisions that the president himself could make and decide to make without exception, going back to that USNS and the mercy. Heck, going back even before that, Brian, when we were dealing with that cruise ship in the yes, San Francisco yeah. Bay, every request was met. And, and here I am, you know, post, you know, in this transition, and I'm not trying to bother the president at this moment. So reached out to the VP and, you know, there was Pence right away saying, you know what, I'm going to get right back to you. 20 minutes later, Mark Gilladucci, the head of Office of Emergency Services, said, I don't know what the hell you just did, but HHS just called on the DMATs. Yeah. And we've been working on this for weeks. The vice And I said, well, the vice president must have called. I mean, so, you know, hey, it is what it is. Um, and uh, and I'm looking forward. We have great relationships with Biden, obviously, and Harris, and now with Becerra, even Jennifer Granholm. No one knows this, but I used to have a TV show uh, on Al Gore's network, current TV, with Jennifer Granholm. Now she's <laughs> secretary of energy. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, old friend, we've been talking on the infrastructure. I mean, we're, we're so well aligned such a great opportunity with the the incoming administration. But I got to tell you, for the 100 plus lawsuits we've had with Trump, at least this year, when it comes to your members and when it comes to wildfires and COVID, we actually had a pretty good year working together. Yeah, yes. I'll tell you what, hey, I bring something to the table for you as far as relationships go um, with uh, Vice President-elect Harris. Um, if it helps to know, uh, I spilled a venti latte on her laptop. <laughs> That's my claim to fame. Yeah, at least you did it before she had Secret Service, buddy. Yes, I'll tell you what. She, <laughs> she was incredibly. She was incredibly gracious. But we were up at the campfire. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but that's. I mean, that. But you know, Brian, you, you reference that now the second time, right, man? I mean, you can't have an experience like the campfire. I remember you and I walking oh. there in the ashes of that, and the, not the ashes and the embers, not even the embers. I mean, there was yeah. still raging flames there with all those PG&E wires and poles and we were navigating that. Man, that's a sobering time where you sort of distill the essence of what it's all about and this fact that we're all in this together, man. And that's a good dovetail into this because I don't think, I don't want to say it was lost, but in in all of the conversation and all of the things we have going, you made some super strong moves in the area of um, forest management and vegetation management and I don't think most Californians know exactly what you did to cut down red tape so that effective partnerships and effective management um, could happen. I, I want give to give me your thoughts on it. No, I appreciate that, Brian, because, and, and I think you're right, you know, that we, we, we had 35 high profile projects impacting 200 vulnerable communities. Some of them, no BS, no BS, one up in Placer County near Auburn was queued up in a decade to get done. And we made the obvious case, we can't continue to do what we've done and expect anything different than what we got. And you said camp car. I mean, my God, the smash mouth realities of these hots getting hotter, the dries getting drier and these epic uh, wildfires. We had to do something differently. So we, we did these projects, but the reason we were able to do it is we declared a state of emergency before there was a state of emergency. So we can waive some of the reviews, the environmental reviews and you know, not surprisingly, yeah, I took tons of incoming from my environmental friends saying, this is unconscionable, it's outrageous. And I thought what was more unconscionable, outrageous, putting the lives of literally tens of thousands of Californians at risk. And with all due respect, wildfires don't give a damn about NEPA and CEQA. 
I mean, they come in and ravage old historic sites. I mean, there's sort of common sense in the in the between this sort of notion of the reality of the world we're living in, the observed evidence, and our idealism. And so we we move those through. We're gonna do a hell of a lot more, forgive my language, next year. And and we also, you know, last year's budget was $984 million, almost a billion dollars of additional money. Uh, and then of course, last year working with you, you were insistent, and I appreciate it, man, 858 new firefighters and $85.6 million more. And I know that, you know, we're gonna need to do even more next year and the year after. But but all of this, you know, it's an all hands on pro, uh, approach, not just on suppression, but prevention. And that's the spirit that brought those projects to the fore. Are we are we still operating under that um, aggressive uh, vegetation management, forest management stance, or is it as things changed, or where do you see us? Where are we? Where do you see us in in the next several months? Because what what's interesting is we all think COVID is all there is going on out there, and you know when if you're a legislator or leader or our governor, that's just one. You know, obviously that, that's it's a huge, deadly and scary thing, but it's just one. And the other things we all forget, and and I know our members would would want to know where where are we at, where what do you see the future looking like on the vegetation management piece. Well, a number a number of months ago, we finished that thirty fifth higher profile project up there in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and then, you know came right at the right time. All this happening just before this world, uh, you know, record breaking uh, heat wave is world record, you know temperature down there in Death Valley, 130 degrees, that that heat dome over the entire West Coast of the United States, you know, those just intense days in August, 14,000 lightning yeah. strikes over 72 hour period, unprecedented number of fires all around the state of California that stressed us uh, in every way, shape or form and put so much pressure and stress on all your members uh, and their mental health. And, and then our need and desire to have them working right now. I mean, this fire season getting extended a couple of weeks ago, right? You and I yeah. are talking about all those new lightning strikes and fire strikes rather, not lightning strikes, but fire strikes in Southern California with those Santa Anas in damn yeah. December, man. I mean, this I is crazy. And so it, it, it requires a new mindset. And so the answer is, yeah, we're extending all that. And we're going to be announcing all those new projects that are currently underway. But more importantly, and this goes back to interesting, right? Trump, we did an MOU with Trump to double our forest management, to double our efforts uh, to address vegetation managements with the US Forest Service. We did an MOU and the irony of it, he took a, a little shot, which I, I'm come to used to saying, you know, Newsom didn't do enough on these fires right, right at the time. And I realized maybe because I hadn't called him in a month and I called him right away. I said, hey man, and I literally, I was like, I was talking to him like that. It was just sort of strange way to talk to the president. I'm like, we just announced an MOU with you to double our efforts, both you and the state on forest management. He goes, and he starts laughing. He's like, I, I kind of missed the point. A lot of, a lot of this is all a little shtick, a little politics, a little positioning. None of it's personal. There's another reminder. Politics is politics. Yeah. Substance is there. And the federal partnership is fundamental in these efforts. We can't do it alone. Remember, the federal government has roughly 60% of the forested land in the state of California. California is less than 4%. And so the rest is private. I mean, we have a small role. The feds have the biggest role and they really need to step up. And, and, and Trump at the end here has stepped up a little bit. We're going to get Biden, we hope, at a whole nother level. It's interesting. And I think in California, um, we're all fortunate that you developed that relationship with that, with that federal administration, with, with President Trump's 
administration that's actually if people would would kind of take a step back and now I'll do it put all their bullshit aside yeah. it's kind of a big deal that that not only in forestry management but also in the covid management that you um and your your team um created and nurtured a working relationship where by everything we see on TV should have never happened. So that's kind of, that's a very big deal. And that's a, that, that really is a tribute to you and your team for being able to pull that off. And by the way, Brian, I think it all came from, you know, that first visit with the president uh, when I just won my election was governor elect and I was with Jerry and, and the president walking around campfire and just getting to know him on a personal basis. It was interesting one time in, in D.C. Um, at our ledge conference, um, they had uh, Tucker Carlson in there um, and, and they've had James Carville, you know, but it was interesting and it was kind of it was kind of odd. One of the things that that he said is that um, people don't realize this, but the president's kind of an every man's every man. You know, I'm not a billboard for him and, and our politics are polar opposite. But at the end of the day, when you're leading a state, you have to have relationships relationships with no matter who's in the top because um you know we bring our own resources the federal government brings resources and if we lose or don't have that partnership guess who loses the 38 million people in the state of california yeah you got it and again just and i you, how many times we need to say look when it comes to emergency management emergency planning when it comes to lives at risk property at risk i mean there's just that is a politics-free zone. And I tell my staff, if any of you play any damn games, you know, just get the hell out of the room. Don't be part of this thing. There's just right. no damn room for that, man. It's just none. And and again, we can we can have our fights, and we do. I mean, you know, I uh, right now, you know, Tucker, by the way, is certainly at my expense, seemingly every damn night. I decided to change my viewing habits. Um, uh, I've watched Tucker for 20 years. I know some good friends of his, mutual friends, uh, but uh, nonetheless. Um, you know, look, we got a lot of work to do. The realities of, uh, of climate, you know, even if you don't believe in climate change, you got to believe in your own damn eyes. And uh, we, we've got to change the way we approach uh, our forest management, our veg management. We got to change the way we focus on prevention, prepositioning, and how we support your members, uh, support our mutual aid system, support the mental health uh, of your members um, and, uh, and their families. I mean, it's, yeah. this is serious stuff, it really is. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go back to COVID and the vaccine, but I can't say on behalf of the firefighters enough, your first executive order that granted protections um, for frontline workers um, when the pandemic was just starting, and then um, the presumptive that you signed to further protect um, not only us, but um, working people, um, we all owe you a thank you for that. Now we're, we're in a vaccine phase, and I've seen you, we've got the vaccine, um, not only in California, but um, being administered. And it has been awesome to watch the work between um, Office of Emergency Services and Director Secretary Gilarducci, um, uh, members of your staff, um, and then municipal fire departments all over the state to, to begin to coalesce and start getting that vaccine out. And I, I, I think we get lost in a lot of, um, we get lost in the news cycle we all make mistakes in things, but the but um, we're at a point now where it all matters. And as soon as we can get as many Californians vaccinated as possible, and this is what I'm telling our members, we all want to go back to the California lifestyle. 
Everybody does, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it kind of starts with one. And this is, this is one of those areas um, that, that it starts with one and it, and it's all of us. And it's that partnership as far as vaccine delivery um, infrastructure being set up from your end as our governor and as our leader, as you look across the board at all of it, um, what are you seeing that's working good? What are you seeing that, you know, we can improve on or move away from as, as we're into the vaccine stage? Yeah. A couple of things. And, and, you know, number one, uh, Brian, you and your board um, over the course of the last couple of years, before I became uh, governor, uh, we're, you know, we're very clear in terms of your advocacy, your focus, your intentionality around that presumptive bill. And so I just want to compliment you uh, and your board for stewarding that process, working the legislature, getting it to my desk, fulfill my commitment to you uh, and all of your members. And I was honored to be able to to, to be a little bit a part of that. And so congratulations, more importantly to you, but also want to acknowledge something else you said, and that is this Operation Word Speed has been a triumph. It's just an extraordinary thing. I mean, this idea that we were just sequencing this virus last January, and now we're injecting vaccines in people's arms is extraordinary. I mean, it's just extraordinary. It's unprecedented in history. And so, you know, when everyone was taking shots last week, saying, well, we're getting 40% less Pfizer vaccines, this is an abomination, Trump administration. I, I didn't do that because, again, I'm humbled by it. I mean, it's just amazing yeah. they even have what they got us. And, you know, and then you have the Department of Defense, you had you know, General come up there and say, you know, I own that. I, I made a mistake. I love that too, man. Just, you know, that's that everybody just calm down a little bit here. This yeah. is this is a historic effort to distribute this stuff. There are going to be setbacks, there'll be things that don't work out, but so far it's working pretty good. Um, we got the Moderna vaccines that arrived yesterday. We had the Pfizer, first round of Pfizer vaccines that, that we were able to distribute uh, all throughout the state last week. Uh, we're going to see cadence of numbers that are not going to be as high as we had hoped, but pretty consistent. So we're hoping, you know, originally it was 2.16 million vaccines by the end of the calendar month. It will probably be a little lower than that, but we'll, we'll, we'll get that cadence going on the flywheel into January. We'll get into that phase 1B. Uh, so it's not just health care workers and then folks in congregate facilities. And we'll get to everybody else and prioritize all your members and everybody's sort of ancillary support uh, across the spectrum, the EMS side, everything else. But get all those top priority in the next iteration. I've got a drafting work group uh, that's advising us, 16 members. So they're looking at equity distribution and in parts of the state that are so often underserved or the last to be resourced uh, in terms of more remote parts of the state, rural parts of the state. We have an advisory committee of 60 people holding them accountable. We do public hearings so people see, so it's transparent what that conversation looks like so they know where they are in the queue. And we're not trying to play politics with that. Right. Uh, And that's trying to be respectful. Those most in need, those most critical to take care of the critical needs of majority of Californians. That's the protocol. That's the, the, the modus, that, that that's our approach. I, it, you know, you, you just said something that um, uh, CPF's health and safety director, Mike Fye, M- Mike was a captain paramedic here in Sacramento, um, did a 20, 20 plus year career in uh, the U.S. Army, but he said something and you just said it and it struck me both times was how quickly the United States um, politically and in the medical and science community 
attacked going after um, getting a vaccine. And, and what he said, he goes, we're all, Mike said it and you just said it, you know, we're all, we're, we're bogged down with COVID. A lot of folks are dying. It's real. It's not real. And everything's all erode. It's nothing short of a miracle operation warp speed. But the fact that you're delivering, we're delivering a vaccine in mid-December. We need to look at that for, for what it is, the technology and the intuitiveness of Americans and working Americans, our medical and science. If we are not looking at that as a source of hope. Yeah going into our holiday season and the next year we're, we need, we all kind of need to, let's take a step back, you know, do our analysis on ourselves, you know, like nobody really wants to know what I screwed up, but look at it. And it, at the end of the day, it's like, what are you doing to push the ball forward today? Yeah. And, you know, I'm seeing it and I could, I just couldn't let that one go because it kind of chills me when I stop and think about where we were um, the beginning. Heck I was in DC when this thing happened and, and we first heard about it cause it hit the San Jose fire department full on in the face. And, and we actually left DC early to come back and, and try to realize what we were faced with. I, I'm, I'm blown away at how badass the, the response really has been and, um, and where we are today for everybody. I think it's such a, such a, a piece of hope for all of us. Yeah, I know. And, and by the way, Brian, it's even more of a point of pride for us as Californians, man, because this is the center of the universe of those advanced trials, the clinical trials, the research and development. We're the birthplace of life science, birthplace of biotech. It started here, Genentech, 1979, sitting county of San Francisco, partnership with UC and, and Stanford. It all started here, man. The future starts here first. We do more research and development, more Nobel laureates, more I mean, venture capital in this space than any other part of the globe. I mean, this is this is it. And I was really proud. You know, we have this scientific advisory committee that was looking at the safety and efficacy of the vaccine. And we had all these Western states join our committee because some of the, mo the world's greatest epidemiologists and researchers and scientists were all Californians. In fact, Biden, four of them are now working in the damn CDC and FDA and with the Biden transition, they were taken from our work group. So it's just back wow. to, you know, I'm, I'm just so sick of this sort of California exodus narrative and everybody sort of just, man, this, we're running, we're gonna have, I'm coming out with our budget. We're gonna be back up to these, you know, close to record surpluses again. You know, when we were last talking, we had this, you know, we had our bond rating upgraded last year for the second time, highest level in 30 years, 3.8% average GDP growth, outperforming the rest of the damn nation, 121 months of consecutive net job growth. The biggest complaint in California was gentrification stress, supply demand imbalance because businesses were moving in, tech was too successful, too prosperous. And so those fundamentals haven't changed and it's because of our conveyor belt for talent, the UCs, the CSUs, incredible community college system. Those systems are still alive and well. Sandia Labs, Lawrence Livermore Labs, Lawrence Berkeley Labs. I mean, these national labs that are in our state, you go down to Southern California, San Diego, and all the translational things that are happening in medical devices and everything else. Man, this is the center of the stem cell. Come on, it's California. And so it's a point of pride. And, oh, yeah. uh, and, and so Operation Warp Speed as an American, uh, as a global community, but also, man, as Californians, we should feel really, really good about that. And we kind of all forget that. You get tuned into the news cycle and it's, it's you know, there, there's, there has been, there's been a lot of um, disturbing things that have happened. 
in the um, the area of race and race relations. The good is, is it's forced us all to take a step back and do a self-examination. Um, I know you. I know you did one. I did one, and had to be honest with myself. And you know where we are as a fire service, and some of the things that I want to see us accomplish as a profession. We need to reflect our community, and the way. And you and I talked about this through the Jack program and the pre-apprenticeship um, with EMT and paramedic. And you know I've driven that to our members that 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 should be our expectation. We are strongest when we reflect the communities we serve. And um, I think that no Californian should ever lose that because that is where we're strongest when we're standing there either hand in hand or arm in arm. And no matter what the problem is, um, I'll go a little far afield because I didn't touch this, but this one was a big deal for us professionally. And it goes to OES and it also goes to CAL FIRE. What a great job to the men and women in the field fighting all these fires, massing forces together, and we did not have a COVID inf- incident of magnitude that I'm aware of. Brian, I mean, you and I, I remember we were talking in the beginning, nervous, we were worried as yeah. hell about that, right? It's just incredible. And, yep. uh, and you know, <laughs> no, so it's testament to everybody, you know, and the seriousness to which they have purpose and everybody being protected, doing what they needed to do, including, look, we're in this third wave. We're in the midst of this third wave. 233 people we've averaged lost their lives over the last seven days, every single day. ICUs, I woke up this morning, literally I've got a piece of paper right here. The ICUs were down to 1.4% statewide, 0% in Southern California, zero in San Joaquin. So we're under this deep stress, but it's still extraordinary how the firefighters up and down uh, municipal as well as state and all others across the spectrum have really done a magnificent job. And I know it was tough. I, you know, during Thanksgiving, you know, we were asking so much of our firefighters and they hadn't seen their families. And, you know, I know a lot of people during the holidays want you know, families to come over uh, and, you know, everybody cooking and we, you know, had some stubborn rules and, and I know those were tough, uh, but I just want to thank everybody. I, and, and, you know, for just putting, themselves and their families through all this with everything we're asking, the triple, quadruple time and extra everything. I mean, my God, no time off. Uh, and, and working through the holidays with COVID on top, we'll get through this. But just, again, gratitude to everybody out there that you represent and, and all the mutual aid out there. Well, it's, um, Governor, it's, it's back at you and, and your staff. Um, you know, we made it, we made it through the fire season. Um, you know, we had some losses and, and, and that always happens. Um, and, and we're getting through the pandemic. And I think we're starting to see um, our economy is going to survive this. Okay. And, 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 you know, you, ne- you never want to say we're going to survive it well when, when so many of our businesses and small business partners, and you're a businessman too, are, are suffering. And By the way, restaurants. And yes. bars, okay. I mean, it, I love when people say, well, he doesn't understand. What do you mean? I don't understand. I started right out of damn college. I had no trust funds in my family. My father's in, in, in state was 5,500 damn bucks. 
My mom worked for me part-time, part-time bookkeeper. I got in the restaurant industry because she was a waitress at Romano's restaurant and I became a busboy. I got, I got, I got 15 people that put pen to paper and open a little business, one part-time employee, Pat Kelly. I grew that business, restaurants and bars. They've been devastated and nothing breaks my heart. It's not what you want to do. It's what you have to do, what you think is a responsible thing to do uh, at this time in order to mitigate spread. But you're hundred percent, the backbone of this state is small businesses. Why we just put up a half a billion dollars, $25,000 grants for small business. That was just a six week program. We're gonna do so much more in January. It's why we put up a hundred million dollars in tax credits. It's why we did up to $3 billion just in the last few weeks, $3 billion to waive sales tax obligations and penalties and fees related to it. We did a bunch of small business loans for people that are falling through the cracks on SBA, et cetera. And of course, with the new CARES Act, the new stimulus, where you're gonna get more PPP and then the opportunity with the budget and the legislature, we're gonna do more, but forgive me for jumping in, man. I, I just, no. I, it's like, it's an emotional attachment business, not an intellectual for me. It was like, it's my life, it's my identity. I happen to be in politics now, but my real life is restaurants and and bars and a few little hotels that I started. Uh, and I'm very proud of that, man. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of all those business people out there. And I know they're struggling and it kills me to see that. And I just want them to know we give a damn about them. Uh, and uh, we're gonna do what we can to, to, to give them the support they need, see if we can you know, just hold the line a few more months so we get through this thing, get these damn vaccines uh, broadly distributed. Yeah, and I, you know what, Governor, I, that's an important message. If you're at the Capitol, whether you're the governor on the governor's staff or a senator or an assembly person or on their on their staff, at some point in life, you started just like every one of us as an ordinary American, as an ordinary Californian. You have a family, you have kids. And yes, there's some differences. You're in a different position. You're the governor of our state. But at the end of the day, you know, in just my getting to know you, the short bit um, that we've worked together you're no different than me. You just, your path is a little bit different and you've done different things in your life, but all of us as Californians, I think we all have the same wants and need, you know? And I, I, I feel like we're at a turning point to begin um, not seeing everything um, as dark and gloomy. It's like, we, we're starting to see some light, embrace that. There's a reason why California is one of the greatest places in the world to live. Um, in your in your words, we meet the moment. I'm pretty damn happy about where we're at. I'm scared like everybody else. You know, I have friends that are in business and, you know, um, I try to be as supportive of it as I can. We're going to turn this. And actually, that was where I wanted to go. Can we expect, what do you think federally, were we going to see a little bit better partnership um, coming up? for hey, uh, small businesses and unemployed and Californians. You, you think I'm making this up literally, you know, today we announced Padilla. Of course, I made my phone calls, one of them not surprisingly to Speaker Pelosi, uh, having exactly that conversation a few hours ago with Nancy and and uh, and talking, you know, she's, she's very disappointed that this is only a $900 billion package. And I express real gratitude for the heroic effort. And this is gonna be profoundly impactful. 
I mean, the, the, the money we have, the resources for small businesses, for childcare, for those families out there, firefighters uh, and their loved ones that you know need to have that extra support for rental assistance and eviction protections for people that may be a paycheck away or already on the verge of being evicted. A lot of incredible things and all the UI that's gonna be distributed 20 plus billion dollars in the next 11 weeks infused into the state of wow. California. It's gonna be very significant. All the K through 12 support and all the new testing and vaccine and distributions and logistics support uh, that is going to be profound. But she acknowledges it's not enough. And so the answer to your question is no, it is we have every expectation that we're gonna need more support, particularly for municipalities. And I think this is really important for folks watching. You know, the state is in a weird place. I mean, it's an interesting place. I don't wanna say weird place, where we're running these massive surpluses at a time when there's 4.3 million people on unemployment insurance. You go, how the hell is that possible? 8.2% unemployment and running massive surpluses. And it's because truly the rich have never done damn better. The, the wealth concentration last, I mean, I love this. There was everyone panicking because Oracle just announced they're moving their headquarters, not moving all their employees, but moving their headquarters, Texas. I didn't like it any more than anyone else. But no one talked about Airbnb creating six new billionaires last week. No one talked about DoorDash creating uh, new billionaires. No one talked about Salesforce, which is, by the way, the biggest competitor to Oracle, just purchased a San Francisco-based company, California-based company, for over $30 billion in one of the biggest mergers in the decade. I mean, for, you know, be, you know I, I'm not happy. We want to we wanna be more competitive, but we are competitive. More startups here than any other state in the nation. And, and so there's still a lot of vibrancy, a little, still a lot of optimism, but, but clearly we're still going to need support, particularly for local government. And, and that's where, as a former mayor, man, I, I get it. That's where those budgets for our local right. firefighters, it's profound. And, and Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, literally spoke to that and talked, not exaggerated, talked about firefighters today and talked about local government being the, the tip of the spear in terms of supporting, quote unquote, our heroes, our frontline men and women. And so we're going to need that support because the state alone is not going to be able to make up for lack of federal supports in that space. Well, you know, Governor Newsom, we could, we could probably go on for a couple hours. You've been super generous with your time. Um, and it's Christmas week and you have a family. I'm going to let you close it up. I'll say thank you. Your state's firefighters are here and I'll let you close it up. And anything you want to you want to say to the members of the CPF, um, you're the closer. No, I appreciate it. And you can't say it enough, Brian. First of all, thank you. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your stewardship. Thank you for being out there on the leading and cutting edge. There's no no other organization like CPF in the country. Uh, we love about our states, what I love about your organization, your leadership. Future happens here first. You are America's coming attraction for your brothers and sisters in labor. You're the one stretching people's minds on what's possible. And, and, and success leaves clues. When we do presumptive, invariably that's gonna happen across the rest of the damn nation, man. You know that. And so we gotta always, you know, good enough never is. You and I know that. And we'll always have that dialectic. And, and so that's just part of who we are because we all think we're capable of doing more and doing better. And so, hey, I wanna acknowledge your leadership and CPF's leadership, but also just all the folks out there. This, as I say, has been a hell of a year, just on the human and personal level. Uh, and, and one thing I know is we all universally wanna be protected we all universally want to be respected and we all universally want to be connected in some way, shape or form to each other. Those are universal traits, man. We all want to be loved and need to be loved. And those are just, that's what being a human being is all about. And so thank you all for protecting us. 
Thank you for connecting us to a cause bigger than ourselves. And thank you for the respect that not only you advance and you demand in terms of your professionalism and the rank and file, but what you do to raise the respect for public service and public servants. Um, and you know what? Hats off to all those folks that work and take a government paycheck that yes. deserve that respect. And you guys are a big part of that in raising that consciousness and raising that level of respect. So thank you on behalf of every public employee in the state for everything you guys do. You can find CPF Firewire at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you find podcasts. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. You can also find CPF Firewire at the CPF website, www.cpf.org, and on the CPF YouTube page. We're always interested in getting your feedback, comments, and criticism. Tell us what you'd like to hear about. Drop us a line, info at cpf.org. CPF Firewire is a production of California Professional Firefighters. Our producer is Carol Wills. Our engineer is Matt McDermott. Please join us next month for another edition of CPF Firewire.